thank you for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at imtheexchange.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at imtheexchange.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Kelts. Please take a moment and prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, this is what we should say. If God is for us, who can be against us? See, this is what gives us courage as we face irrational anxieties to things. I say to myself, when I, when I get start to feel that irrational anxiety, that God is with me, that I'm not alone, that if God is on my side, then listen, it ain't nothing but a God thing, baby. It ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Come on, hit that music right here. Oh, yeah, you can hear it. Oh, yeah, here we go now. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. You remember this song? Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Ain't nothing but a G thing, babe. Come on, turn that up so I can hear it. Good, come on. Ain't nothing but a G thing, babe. A G thing. What are we talking about there? I want you to be able to live your life when you come in contact with these situations and these irrational anxieties and that you can say, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Ain't nothing but a God thing. It's nothing but a thing. You can face these situations. See, look at that verse again in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He says this. He continues and he says, and you may say, you know what, man, Pastor Kevin, this seems cocky. No, I'm not trying to get you to be cocky. I'm just trying to have, get you to have some confidence in who you are as a son or a daughter in the kingdom of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He goes on, he says this, after he says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can stand against us? He says this, he, speaking of God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all what? Graciously give us all things. Come on, hit it again one more time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Come on. You need to start to walk in your life and hear this song. And when you hear it, you say, ain't nothing but a G thing. Ain't nothing but a God thing. God has got my back. If God is for us, who can stand against us? He who did not spare his own son, how will he not graciously give us all things? Ain't nothing but a God thing, baby. I'm talking about anything. He starts to list these things. And he says this, no, in all these what? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What kind of things are you talking about, Paul? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Are we talking about even spilling orange juice on the computer? He says, I'm talking about anything, anything that you're going through. Verse 38, he, con he continues and he says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons. Guys, this is some heavy stuff that he's talking about. Neither present nor future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything. 
Anything, anything that you're going through, anything else in creation, anything includes bankruptcy, anything includes joblessness, come on, anything includes a COVID-19 epidemic, it's whatever comes your way, God says, Paul says to us today, ain't no thing will be able to separate us, come on, from the love of God that is in, we find it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now that you're watching with and say, ain't nothing but a G thing. Come on. I want you to type that out right now on this Facebook. Put that out there. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. I'm telling you, this is how, this is what we're getting to, to be able to live our lives with confidence and not be anxious for anything. I want you to do that this week when you're faced with anything. I don't, I don't know what you're coming up against. I don't know if you're, you're really in this epidemic that we're in and you're in a jobless crisis and, and you, you, know, you don't have a job. Financially, it's hard. I'm telling you, in that situation that you can say that God has my back. I want you to shift over from a needless anxiety that has been paralyzing you daily Switch it into a genuine concern, controlling what you can daily and trusting God where you can. This is what I'm going to teach you how to do today. So Paul, he said, be anxious for nothing. He writes this from prison, okay? He says, be anxious for nothing. And what I want you to say with me right now is this. I'm anxious for nothing. I've been anxious for nothing. It's really a statement that if you start to slow it down and think about it, it it really is true. I was thinking about this last week. I thought about how many times have I been all tied up in knots, all marinate, right? Marinating on these wrong thoughts over this it, it becomes a irrational anxiety in my life and then it turned out to be for nothing. I remember years ago, before I was a pastor, uh, Lisa and I were, were faithful uh, members of this one church, and, and we were out shopping one day, and we saw this, this lady from our church, and she just looked tied up in knots, man. She looked, have so much anxious anxiety on her, and, and so we walked over to her and greeted her, hey, how are you doing? You know, you, you don't look like you're doing too good. Are you all right? And, and she kind of just you know, really opened up to us in that moment, and she said, um, I, I really didn't want to tell anybody this, but I know I can trust you guys. She said, I, I, just a couple days ago, I, I found a lump in my breast, and so it's just really freaking me out. Um, you know, I just, I can't believe this is happening to me. And I was like, okay, well, listen, we want to pray for you. We want to be here for you. You know, we're a part of the same family. You belong with us. Listen, have you gone to the doctor yet? And she said, yes, I've been to the doctor. And um, they ran some tests. And, and he, the doctor said that it could be cancer. 
And she said, I'm just so concerned because a lot of people don't know this, but when I was in high school, my best friend, her mom got breast cancer, and at a really young age, she died. And now all I'm doing is I'm just thinking about, I'm about the same age as, as that, that lady was. And, and now, I, how can this be happening to me, Kevin? How can this be happening? I mean, and I was like, well, just a second. Well, did you get the test results back? And she's like, no, it's going to be a couple days, but I'm telling you, I just feel like something is wrong. I feel like I'm sick. I I just feel like everything's falling apart. And we said, okay, listen, let's just, can we hold your hand for a second? Let's just pray for you. And, and we're going we're gonna to continue to be praying for you, anything that you need. And she was like, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we saw you today. So we told her we'd see her at church on Sunday. Well, she didn't come to church on Sunday. And, and so after church was over, we called her up and said, hey, how are you doing? And she's like, I just, I'm sorry I couldn't come to church, but I'm just so sick. She says, I'm not eating. I'm not sleeping. I mean, I, I really feel like I have cancer. I'm going to, I just, how can this be happening to me? How can God allow this to happen to me? And, and we're like, listen, just let's pray for you. It, you may not even have cancer. She's like, no, I know that I have it. I just know it's happening to me. How can this be happening? Well, a couple days later, she gets the phone call with the test results, and she calls us back, and she's like, oh, praise God, I got a good report. They, they just called me, and they told me that, that the, the, it, it's, the lump is benign, and I have nothing to worry about. I don't have cancer, and, and I remember her saying that she said, I just wish that I could get back all of the sleep that I've lost for nothing. And it, and it hit me, how many times do we get so, take something that, that can be a genuine concern, but we take it and we turn it into a needless anxiety, and we become all tied up in knots, and at the end of the day, it's for nothing. I remember hearing uh, this lady one time say this, she said, worry is a down payment on a problem that you may never even have. I thought, man, it's so true. Sometimes we're anxious, and, and it turns out to be for no reason. Years ago, my wife will remember this. Uh, my wife was teaching at the school, and, and uh, they were going to do, be doing some continuing education. All the teachers were going to go to this teacher's conference. And uh, we lived in West Texas at the time. It was The conference was going to be in San Antonio. She was excited about it. I was excited for her. But I remember she told me, listen, as soon as we get to the hotel, that's where we're going first, I'm going to give you a call and let you know that we made it all right. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'm going to hold it down here at the house. I'm going to take care of the kids. Don't worry about nothing. But just make sure that you call me when you get there. She's like, cool. So that's a plan. Well, I knew how long it took to get to San Antonio. And that time came. And it, and it went, and she hadn't called me. I was like, okay, you know, don't be this guy that's all worried, and, and you know, just let her have her time, and, and, and she's, gonna, she's so excited about going to San Antonio. Well, another 30 minutes goes by, and I start freaking out. Okay, I start getting mad. I start getting upset. I'm like, so I, I call her, and she don't answer. I call her again. She don't answer. I leave her a message. Please call me back. Tell me that you're all right. I'm, I'm really starting to get concerned. No answer. I'd start texting her. Please, I need to hear from you. Please, please, please. No answer. Another 30 minutes goes by. And I'm telling you, at this point, I'm like, okay, just calm down. But I'm like, no, I can't calm down. I got to find out if my wife's okay because something could have happened. So I remember one of her teacher friends 
we had her number, so I called her, the lady that's supposed to be my wife. She's not answering either. Now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, they've been in a horrible van accident, and my wife is now, she can't answer the phone because her and her friends are all in some hospital in San Antonio, and they're all in comas. That's why they can't get to their phones, and I am literally freaking out, man. I am just have so much anxiety about this whole, and I thought, man, what, what do I do? Another hour goes by. She still hasn't called me, and I am texting like a hundred times. Please let me know. I'm thinking about this time. At this point, I'll be honest with you. In my mind, I have gone from she's not in a coma in a hospital. I'm expecting any moment my phone to ring, and she's been kidnapped, and it's a ransom. They're demanding ransom for my wife who's been kidnapped. My mind was going crazy, and all of a sudden, my phone rings. And it's my wife. And she's like, oh, I got all your texts. I'm so, so sorry. There was a change in plans. We were supposed to go to the hotel first. But what happened is we actually had to go register first at the conference center. And when we got to the conference center, it was just because the plans had changed. I forgot to call you. And turns out at the conference center, that is a huge metal building. And none of our cell phones were working. And I was freaking out. And I had all this anxiety, and I realized it was for nothing. It, 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 was, it was all for nothing. I was, my blood pressure was going up. I was in my head having this needless anxiety, and it was all for nothing. I know that you can relate to that. And so today, I want to, I want to talk to you about the disciples dealt with the same thing. And I want to take you to a story very quickly in Mark chapter 4, talking about Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus was going to go on a trip, and he had his disciples prepare. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it's recorded that that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So he said, listen, we're going from here to there. The other side, we're going there. That's the destination. I'm Jesus. I'm saying that we're getting there. So I want you to remind, or maybe even if you have your Bible, go ahead and highlight that word other side. Verse 26, leaving the crowd behind, they, uh, the disciples, took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats. So one thing I want to point out to you right now is the way that it's being written um, you need to understand he's talking about there was a boat and there was also other boats. It's Mark telling us, he's giving us an eyewitness account that this isn't just something that he heard about, that he was there. He experienced that. And the reason that I say that is because you don't want to hear from somebody on how to be brave or how to overcome anxieties or how to have faith from somebody that's never been through anything. Am I right about that? I mean, somebody that just has all of this, you know, uh, this book knowledge, but they've never ever actually experienced thing. I want to point out to you that this guy has been through a storm. Okay, this guy has faced something. First person right here. So what we're about to read is an eyewitness account of a time when the disciples were anxious, though, and it was for nothing. So in verse 37, it says, a furious squall came up. Now, a squall is it's just a huge storm. Okay, it was a storm like they had never seen before. 
And I was doing some research this last week about the Sea of Galilee, and it was kind of interesting that the Sea of Galilee was notorious for unexpected storms because of where it was at. The Sea of Galilee is in a basin, and it's surrounded by mountains, and so what would happen is cold air would come down off of those mountains, it would push through, and it was just notorious for these unexpected storms to come up. And this is what happened. And, and thinking about that, I thought, how that that really is how life is too we we just ex- experience unexpected storms in our lives all the time so he continues a furious storm came up and now the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped have you ever had an unexpected storm come up in your life where you just felt like man i just feel swamped i feel like the waves are coming over and 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 have you ever you know walked around and and at your job or around your family and and you're saying i'm here today but barely but they don't even know about it on the inside you're like i'm smiling but nobody knows what's really behind this smile the things that I think about some days they they I just feel so swamped pastor and I just want to run away from all of it well if you have felt that way then good this message is for you I cannot tell you today that I have felt the exact same way even even in the middle of this epidemic that we've been going through on certain days and in certain moments I have felt that same way so continue to listen in verse 38 It's recorded Jesus was in the stern, and he was sleeping on a cushion. The disciples ran and woke him up, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Sleeping on a cushion? We're all up here dying. Don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? It reminds me of the story of of Jonah when when he was caught up in a storm on a boat. You know, and, and in that story about Jonah, we find out that the reason that he was asleep on a boat in a storm was because he was complacent. But this story is different because Jesus is not sleeping because he's complacent, because he's lazy, not because he doesn't care. Jesus is sleeping, come on, because he's confident. Because he knows I am right where God wants me to be. He knows there is no reason for me to be anxious. This storm ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. God's got my back. So I might as well get some beauty sleep. That's what Jesus is thinking, right? I mean, Jesus is thinking it makes no sense for me to be anxious for nothing. But the disciples don't get it. They're anxious. They're worried. They can't believe that Jesus is asleep. He's sleeping on a cushion in the middle of this storm. And they say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? We thought you cared, but obviously you don't care. And when the storms of life come, the same thing happens to us, guys. We turn these from a genuine concern to a needless anxiety, and we start to feel that way. God, don't you care? Anxiety starts to set in, and we're like, aren't you supposed to be the one that keeps me out of these troubles? Aren't you the one who controls the winds and the waves? God, don't you care? Think about it. In this story, Jesus is the one that told the disciples to get in the boat that we're going on this trip to the other side. And the next thing that happens on Jesus' trip that they didn't even really want to go on, they just Jesus is the one that set it up. The next thing that happens is a storm hits. And I'll just tell you, I'll just be honest with you. I'm 41 years old. That's life. 
Storms hit unexpectedly all the time, so we have to learn how to deal with these things. We have to learn how to mature and grow and be ready for this. So I'm going to tell you how to do this. I'm going to tell you how today, give you some steps of how to overcome these storms. But before I do that, I want to let you know that life brings storms. But the, the, the truth of it is, a lot of us create our own storms. A lot of us create our own needless anxieties. I want to give you just a couple of reasons and 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 ways that we create our own storms. Five ways that we create our own storms very quickly. Number one, the way that we create needless anxiety and waves in our own lives is by the words that we speak. And it's just true, guys. we got to watch what we're speaking. Have you ever made an unnecessary wave with your words? I'm talking about words that you spoke in the moment out of anger that you wish that you could take back, but you you can't now. It's out there, and you created your own storm that's lasting for a week, and now it's lasting for two weeks, and now it's lasting for a month and two months, and you created those words, those sto- that storm with your words. We create um, words with our, 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 our words of doubt we create storms with, we create waves with. Some of us frame our day with the wrong words in the morning, and then we're disappointed with the world that we built because here's the truth. Your world is created by your words. And we create waves and choppy conditions in the morning just by waking up and saying, well, yeah, if it ain't one thing, it's another. These things come out of our mouth. I remember my grandmother, she used to use this phrase all the time. She used to say this all the time. Y'all about to worry me to death. Y'all about to worry me to death. It didn't matter what was going on. The TV was too loud. Hey, that TV's too loud. Y'all about to worry me to death. She would say it over and over. And my grandmother was a wonderful lady. But as a result of saying, y'all about to worry me to death all the time, guess what she was? Worried all the time. Why is that? It's because she spoke that out all the time. Listen, here's some advice. Don't say something unless you can follow it with this phrase. And that's just the way that I want it. Y'all about to worry me to death. And that's just the way that I want it. Is it really just the way you want it to be worried to death? No, no, change your words. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm stressing so much. I'm so stressed out. And that's just the way I want it. Is that the way you want it? No, so change your words. And if you start to do this, you'll start to think about what you say. You'll start to think about the world, the the atmosphere that you're creating. You'll start to change some of the things that you say. And by doing so, you will stop creating some of the, uh, the unnecessary waves and unnecessary storms in your life. The second way that we create unnecessary waves is by your approach. You're taking notes. Your approach. The first one was words. The second one is your approach. Sometimes it's not what we're going through. It's our approach to what we're going through. It's the way that we're going through what we're going through. Some of us live life with no margin. We're just going all the time, all, all the time, all the time. No, no uh, margin in our life, so we're always nervous. It's our approach. We're anxious about money because we spend too much and we don't make enough. Guess what? Change your approach. Get a budget. 
I mean, this will take some of the anxiety away. You start your morning frustrated with your kids because you know it takes an hour to get them ready for wherever you're going that day, but you wanted that extra 30 minutes of sleep, so you only prepared 30 minutes for it thinking that you could be really harsh with your words and really get them going. And then you show up and you're like telling people all the time, my job is so stressful. Your job is not so stressful. It's that your approach is wrong. If you would go ahead and get up and plan the hour that it needs to get everybody ready, you wouldn't have the stress at work. It's your approach. Number three, wrong voices. Voices. It's the voices. The wrong voices can create unnecessary waves and needless anxiety. If you check your Twitter feed or you watch the news before you even go get up in the morning and go to the bathroom, guys, I'm telling you, you're creating needless anxiety and waves in your life through the wrong voices. You're having an outlook that is so dark because you're listening to all the reports on Facebook and Twitter and on the news, and it's causing you to have needless anxiety. Listen, 24-hour news is one of the worst things could ever happen to our peace of mind as people. Am I saying you don't need to watch the news? I'm not saying that. It's okay to watch the news. But listen, I was reading through the headlines the other day. Do you really need to know the dynamics of every disease that is out there? Do you really need to understand the dynamics of every conflict of countries that you can't even pronounce? No. It's causing needless anxiety. No wonder Americans are marinated. We are tied up with knots because we're marinating over the wrong reports, the wrong voices. Sometimes you just got to cut that stuff out a little bit. Sometimes when somebody's speaking into your life and you realize it's a wrong voice, you got to cut them off and say, listen, I'm not listening to the gossip. I know all that I need to know right now. I'm just going to change what I'm listening to. Number four is expectations. These create um, needless waves needless storms in our lives, wrong expectations, right? Sometimes the anxiety that you feel is because you have an unrealistic expectation that you created. Sometimes anxiety that we feel is because we get up in the morning and we don't expect any battles in the day. Guys, it surprise attack hits us. And last time I read, you know, when we see in the Word of God, there is quoted to put on the full armor of God. Why would you need to put on the full armor of God unless you are going to have to have some battle in your life? Guys, we have to change our expectations. Number five, probably the biggest source of anxiety that we have is shame. Shame. You walk around anxious because you're hiding stuff. And you wonder, when are they going to find out my secret? When are they going to find out? This thing that nobody else knows about because I know it's going to get out. Or maybe because you're tormented by something that you did in the past that God's already forgiven you of, but you haven't forgiven yourself of. You see, there's a difference between conviction and shame. Conviction is good. Conviction first shows us that God loves us unconditionally. Then it shows us the change that needs to happen, and conviction also connects us to the grace of God, which is the power to be able to change that thing. Conviction is good. Shame tells us that because of what you did, who you are has changed. 
That's what shame wants to, to get you to believe, that you should be ashamed of yourself, that God doesn't love you, that he's ashamed of you, and somehow you've lost your place in his family. And guys, I'm telling you, shame will tell you that, but it's all a lie. It's a lie that we buy into, and it makes us walk around paranoid, right? It makes us walk around anxious. It makes us walk around feeling helpless and hopeless. It makes us walk around and we start to believe that people who really do love us don't love us. It makes us start to uh, believe that people who are not judging us, that they are judging us. And what we've got to learn is to throw that shame out of our lives, to overcome that shame so the waves of our lives won't come crashing down and ruin it. See, the disciples wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? Mark chapter 4, verse 39 continues. Jesus gets up. He rebukes the winds and the waves by saying, quiet, be still. So the storm, he says, quiet, be still. The wind died down. Complete calmness. Verse 40, and he said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? He's like, don't you know that when I tell you that we're going to go to the other side, that we're going to get to the other side, don't you understand that I command the winds and the waves? But here's the thing, they didn't. They'd never experienced this before. They'd never seen him control the winds and the waves. I mean, this was shocking. This was something they had never seen. And after you have experienced a few storms, It's interesting what you learn. Why are you so afraid, he says. Listen to this, what he says next. Do you still have no faith? Verse 41 says, they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I want to suggest something today about the storms and the anxieties of our lives, the winds and the waves when they come crashing and blowing in our lives. Because I can tell you from experience, the winds will come. The waves will crash. And in those times where you are in a storm and it seems like Jesus, it seems like he's in the stern, asleep, he's not taking action, it's easy to think just like the disciples, we're going to die. And he don't even care. To start playing it out in our our mind. This is it. This is the end. I didn't think it was going to play out like this. I didn't didn't think we were going to have a COVID-19 epidemic. I didn't think that people were going to lose their jobs and and, and things. The economy was going to be totally shut down. And and I would be, you know, talking to a guy yesterday who was telling me that he hasn't had any, any job, any work since this whole thing has been shut down. And, and, and we sit here and we look at all this stuff and anxiety starts to, to come up inside of us and we start to become anxious. But I'm telling you, we're anxious for nothing. Because when you read the total story, they get to the other side. <laughs> Jesus didn't leave them. Jesus never forsook them. They went exactly where he said they were going to go. You see, in verse 40, It says this, Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? And for years I've heard it taught that Jesus was saying that they didn't have any faith. They didn't have any faith to stand up and calm that storm. But the way that I read it now is Jesus is looking at them 
Because what did they just say? Don't you care? He's saying, how, do you, how is it that you have no faith in me? Jesus is like, I've walked with you. I've cared with you. I've, I've done life with you. How can you think that? I, how can you have no faith in me, in, in, in my care? And it's the same thing that we guys, we go through on a daily basis when the winds and the waves blow into our lives. And listen, when those things happen, it's okay to go to God. We're supposed to go to God. It's okay to ask Jesus for help. We need to ask Jesus for help and say, it's getting cloudy and the waves are coming over and I'm afraid. But don't assume that he doesn't care. Don't assume that Jesus doesn't care because he does care. And there's something in the story that he's trying to teach each one of us that he was trying to teach the disciples that day. You see, when Jesus said, quiet, be still, to the winds and the waves that were around, there was something that we can learn. Because listen, the real waves and the real winds that take us down in our lives, are I'm telling you, they're not the ones that are around us. They're the waves that are in here. And you think it's the circumstance that's making you anxious. It's, you think it's all the things that are happening around you that's making you anxious. But James chapter 1, verse 6 says this, But when you ask, speaking of God, when you ask God, you must believe and not doubt, because watch what doubt does. Because the one who doubts, he says, is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You see, Jesus was not teaching these guys how to stop the waves and the winds of the seas without the, the atmosphere around them. That day, he was trying to get them to be able to control the anxiety and the winds and the waves within. How is it that you have no faith in me is what Jesus was saying. I want you to be able to stop being anxious about nothing and start to speak to the winds and the waves that are inside you. You see, the real winds and the waves that matter are within us, and you'll never have peace until you learn how to speak to the winds and the waves within. So Jesus said, quiet, be still. And guess what? The winds and the waves, they stopped, and he turned around, and he said, now, guys, it's your turn. What did I just did to the sea? What I just did to the waves? The next time when the winds and the waves start blowing in your heart and you start to feel anxious on the inside of them, he's saying, I want you to stand up on the stern of your life and say, quiet, be still to your anxiety, to what's going on within. It's time to con take control, church, of what's going on with inside of us. And I'm going to get the piano to come up here and, and help me close this morning. And I'm going to tell you, this is, this is how we're going to close this morning, by showing you how to do that. Because for, for too long, we've, we've thought that the problem is that God wouldn't calm the waves without. But I'm telling you that the real problem is that we haven't matured and learned how to calm the waves within. We must learn how to be peace speakers into our own soul. And so as I was studying this passage, Seem kind of random the way that these stories come, come together. In Mark, Jesus is talking about, Mark 4, he's talking about the seed and the, and the soils. And then we read about the storm. And I couldn't figure out why they would be edited together in those two stories together. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and says, Son, both are about atmosphere. 
If you're taking notes, write that down. Atmosphere. Type that in to the comment section. Atmosphere. It's about atmosphere. You see, every heart has an atmosphere. And in conclusion today, I want to talk to you about the atmosphere of your heart. Can I tell you something? Nothing good develops in an atmosphere of anxiety. And so Jesus was showing us that whether you're thinking about the farmer and the soil, that is the atmosphere of the earth, or the storm and the sky, speaking also of our atmosphere, you've got to learn how to take command of the atmosphere of your heart. Because here is what is happening, guys. You've been creating an atmosphere of anxiety around you. Why? It's because there's an atmosphere of anxiety within you. You've been frustrated with people. You've been taking it out on people. It's been causing you to withdraw from the people who really do love you. And God sent me here today with a word to tell you that you've got to get up You've got to wake up your faith, and you've got to start to challenge the atmosphere, not without, but within your soul. Jesus is showing us through this story how he calmed the storm, and he says, do you see what I did and how I calmed the storm? He's saying today that same power that I have to calm the storm is within you. Now you do it. I've showed you how. Speak to the winds and the waves. Brave the waves with them. So how do you do that? This is how I do it. Five quick steps. The first step is I breathe. When the waves start to crash within in my life, I breathe. I physically, I take a deep breath. If you're watching right now, I want you to do that. Inhale deeply. Now in exhale. Do you feel that? You feel how the atmosphere just changes when you breathe? One more time, do it again. <sighs> Inhale in. <sighs> Exhale out. You know, it's very interesting. I've heard before that part of the reason that the Hebrew name for God is Yahweh is because it sounds like an actual breath. Yahweh. Do that with me. Yahweh. It's, it's when you feel that anxiety. Guys, you've got to breathe. You've got to take that breath. It's a, it's, a bra- it's, a, it's a breath of prayer. It's you reminding you that He is on the inside of you. It's sustaining you. Do it again. Yahweh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here comes the anxiety. Here comes the waves. The government's doing this. This is happening around you. You start feeling it inside of you. What do you do? It's nothing but a G thing, baby. Remember what was said, let everything that has breath do what? Praise Him. So I inhale the grace of God and I breathe out His peace. The second thing that I do is I remember. I take a moment after I breathe and I remember that he told me that we're going to get to the other side. I remember he started this. 
He started this whole thing with me. And if he started, he is faithful, come on, and just to finish it. I remember all the things that he's done. I remember the past when I was so anxious and I thought this was the end. And guess what? It wasn't the end. Don't you care? Yes, I do. Peace be still. We're on the other side. I remember I've been just like the disciples. I've experienced the same thing. I, I, I think of David reminding himself as he's looking at the biggest wind and wave that he's ever seen in his life. Goliath. And what does he say? Just like the bear. And just like the lion. I remember, I remember what you do, and you will give me this uncircumcised Philistine this day. I remember, and then I ask, taking notes, write that down, I ask. The Bible says, remember, he, he told us to make our request known to God. It's okay to say, God, I need help. I know that you're with me. I know you're going to bring me through this, but I am shouting out to you in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of the things that I'm facing, of this atmosphere, I'm shouting out, help, help, help me, Lord. And then I visualize. I visualize because the waves can wreck your visibility. Can't they? I mean, am I, am I right? They can cause you to lose sight of everything that God has put around you. And so all of a sudden, all you see is the winds and the waves crashing over and over in front of you. And so I ask God to open the eyes of my heart so that I can visualize, I can get an awareness to say, hey, hey, no, 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 God is here. God is here with me. Hey, no, 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 I'm not weak. I am strong. I'm visualizing help and hope. God, I see you present, very present in my time of need. And if you're watching right now and you're sitting down, I want you to, everybody, stand up. Because the last thing that you've got to do is you've got to elevate. You see, I found out that atmospheric pressure gets less. Think about this. Atmospheric pressure gets less as elevation Increases. Think about that spiritually speaking. That means that when something is hanging over you in a very heavy way in your life and you can't make what's hanging over you less heavy, what you've got to do is not to try to make that thing less heavy. You've got to go higher. Come on. You've got to elevate in your perspective. You've got to elevate and worship God and start to lift your hands and start to begin to praise Him in the storm that the atmospheric pressure, the pressure... At a new elevation, it decreases. So, you probably didn't even see what I did today. I tricked you. But I got a cheat sheet. We create waves in our lives with what? Waves, W-A-V-E-S. With our words, with our approach, with wrong voices, with our expectation, with shame. But today I'm teaching you these waves that come, how to brave, brave the wave. The answer is brave. Uh-oh, here we go. B-R-A-V-E. How do you overcome the waves? How do you brave the waves? You've got to breathe. <sighs> you got to remember, oh, 
He's brought me through it. He'll bring me through it again. You've got to ask, God, help me. You've got to visualize, yes, you are here. Yes, I'm making it through. I will overcome. And you've got to elevate. You've got to brave the waves. You've got to brave the waves. This is how you overcome the anxiety. This is how you turn an irrational anxiety into a genuine concern. Listen. God cares. He cares. He cares about what we're going through. He sees us. And I know it may seem at times like he's sleeping, but he's not. He hasn't forsaken us. He loves us. So I just want you to close your eyes for a second with me. And I just want you to pray with me. And elevate your perspective. Jesus, anxiety and that anxiety took over and it blinded me and I thought you didn't care but it was just a miss it was it was a misunderstanding it was my perspective was wrong I just couldn't see couldn't see you I was so focused on the atmosphere without that I wasn't that mature son that was taking control of what I can control, the atmosphere within. And so, Father, as mature sons and daughters this morning, we speak to our soul. It is well with my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. start to speak to the winds and the waves within. Quiet. Be still in the name of Jesus. For I can do all things through Christ. Nothing is impossible for him who believes. What I am facing right now, I will get through to the other side. And this I know. This I know. I will get through to the other side. I declare that. And the mighty power, the same power that was in him and that is in me, I declare that. Him and me, we are stronger than any storm that comes. We control the winds and the waves. And we decree and we, we decree and we declare that in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you agree with me this morning, why don't you say amen? Why don't you type an amen in the comments? God bless you guys. We love you.